Hello, Crazy Flock for Crazy Poultry Inc. This is the Crazy Poultry Inc. podcast. I am your host, Ian Gaio Loco, and joining me once again for a, another special kind of review episode, Mr. George Sol Phoenix. Hi. Hello. Welcome back, George. <laughs> well, I guess it's good to be back. I, I mean, you really just couldn't grab anybody else, so I'm always available. Hi. Well, either way, it's always fun to have you on here. So, but because uh, it got a special topic episode, episodic thing to talk about today, because even though this ended last year, I finally decided to catch up and watch the limited series that we'll be talking about today, Good Omens. Of a book by the same title, if I'm correct, right? Uh, yeah, there's a book, but yeah, the book's the same. And they're both still by Terry Pratchett and Neil uh, Gaiman? 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 Yeah, and, and Neil was uh, very big on the production of the show, which probably was for the best to help out with, you know, authenticity and stuff and what they were going for since Terry is no longer with us. Yeah. Uh, and again, going into this, being me, I was just like, yep, I've not read this book. I don't really know much about it. And when I was explained about what this was, I was like, okay, well, this can go one of two ways with me. Uh, because in the basic term of what this show is, or limited series, as I like to call it, since it's only six episodes. Yeah, many series could also be. Uh, an angel and a demon basically misplaced trying to stop the Antichrist from causing the end of the world and meet a bunch of other, you know, Bible characters along the way. <laughs> That's, the, way you, the way you say it like that, it, it kind of sounds like it's a, a a Jesus and friends sort of affair. Yeah. <laughs> might be a bit misleading. Well, again, I, I've only now watched the series once. I've started to re-watch it, actually, for a second time. but Because, of course... With this, I was just like, okay, well, I'm not going to personally know a whole lot of stories about some of these people because of just how I've lived. But as long as it's entertaining and stuff, I can probably get into it. Uh, so I'm going to start off with, I would say, the biggest positive for me with the show, and that's the acting. I think that Michael Sheen is really good, and I think David Tennant is amazing. As, as the demon and angel. Uh, funnily uh, enough, uh, currently uh, there's some sort of Scott's Award. Scott's Award? Do, 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 do. I will open this up and look at it. It is Scottish Comedy Award. Best actor for David Tennant that is currently pending for uh, Good Omens. So if you liked it, there's a reason. There's other people who think yeah. the same too. Interesting how it's pending. Oh, uh, it's because they haven't actually had a verdict on it yet. That's my assumption. Yeah. Uh, and e easily to me, I just kind of 
in a way is connected with his character with some of the things that he would say about some things that go on in the series. Uh, but I also think that Michael Sheen is also excellent. Uh, I, I'm going to try my best to remember some of these people and say some of their names, but like Dave, David Tennant, who plays Crawley. Crowley. Cra- Crowley. Yeah, yeah Craw- Crowley was like his first and he changed it, right? Yeah, I just can't help but think of it as the way that the little demon voices on like the radios or TVs or whatever go Crowley. <laughs> uh, it's like, that helps. Uh, uh, yeah, then you have um, Michael Sheen as as this a frail? Is this a is this a frail? It's A Z I R A P H A L E. It's probably some sort of uh, phonetic way to pronounce this, but you could probably get away with just saying is this a frail? Well, I mostly always try to think of how David Tennant is like saying it like in the car or something to try to maybe help save it. Uh, but yeah, so basically this demon and angel who are from the very beginning as with the garden of Eden, basically watch, you know, mankind throughout history and they live amongst them. And they've grown very uh, comfortable actually living basically close to being a human they actually enjoy the the food the art the music the style the clothes and they just basically help try to keep everything you know level playing field there's a lot of bad then good tries to outweigh it uh but they get the news that the antichrist will be now amongst them and the end of the world will happen so they try to convince the Antichrist to not have this, you know, feeling on, yeah, I should destroy all of humanity and stuff to help him grow up. However, there's a mix up and they are doing it with the wrong kid throughout most of their time. Yeah, that so, was shenanigans. Yeah, they, they basically had 12 or. 14 11 11 years okay so yeah in the, in the film it's like 11 years of them trying to convince the antichrist to not be an antichrist and they are basically being trying to teach a normal human kid to not be the antichrist yeah <laughs> well the actual antichrist is being raised by a mix-up of human uh, parents opposed to the custom vetted one that uh, Crowley was supposed to originally get them with because of the Chattering Sisterhood, I recall? Chattering Sisterhood? Uh, well, they, they said like they're a chattering organization. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think because I remember they call themselves like the sa- Satanic Sisters or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, it does get stated that, but, but they're, they're, like, they're chattering nuns or something. Yeah. Which... They're, uh, <laughs> uh, I, re- I remember from the books, it, it states that, uh, more or less, that it's like the, the satanic nuns are kind of an interesting, uh, prospect for the fact that they all kind of, high punches. We're going to have a dog join. Yeah, her, her eyes are currently bugged out as she's staring daggers at me for some reason. Um, the... 
yeah, the Chattering Sisterhood are more or less, um, well, I, I forget what their actual uh, woman they were patronizing, and it it's, it it's, uh, there's a lot of details that just kind of get rapid fired at you, but. Yeah, well, and I mean, probably another safe thing, I should probably say, eight, a little bit over eight minutes into this, uh, we will be going over probably some spoilers. So if you have not seen this show, please stop here, go watch it, and come back. <laughs> we might start diving into some stuff. Uh, but yeah, I just immediately, I like the introduction of uh, Angel and Demon, and they're like, they see two things that they already had to do, which was uh, Crowley convinced them to bite an apple and Xenophet, whatever, <laughs> gave is them a, a flaming is sword. This a fell gave a flaming sword and they're already are kind of talking. Well, wouldn't it be funny if you did the thing that actually didn't help the long term and I did. So it's, a bunch of different ideology kind of things showing that maybe things aren't so black and white. There's probably gray or that could be misconstrued at the time. Or it could uh, be the fact that ever since uh, humans showed up black and white, suddenly all just became a massive gray area. Yeah, sure. Uh, but also along the way, you know, we get <laughs> witches we get aliens at one point. Hey, hey, let 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 the little kid Adam let him let him have his dreams. I mean, yeah. what what eleven twelve year old uh, kid at the time didn't dream of you know cowboys and pirates and dinosaurs and aliens and all those things? And when you can warp literally reality to your whim, such things may crop up. Yeah. And Adam being the actual Antichrist boy, so which when they were kind of giving out names and the uh, sisterhood and stuff, I was just uh, again because it's me, I'm just like, so what's the significance of Adam? Because I understood Damien, obviously, <laughs> and I, I I did get understanding also of Warlock, but Adam I didn't quite get but that that's just me uh it, it, it's like the original name for humans uh because it's adam and okay. eve um, yeah okay now now it makes sense see this is why I have, i'm glad i have it yeah, here george <laughs> uh, the first man's name was adam therefore it's kind of like the first man and the last man or who, the man who started the world and the man who ended the world were both named adam it's you know like book ending yeah. That's why it kind of fits. Like, like it kind of just comes back around. Uh, and I I also loved uh, the music choices in this. And there's your hell there's your own hellhound. Yeah. That that's dog. Hey dog. Uh, a lot a lot of uh inspiring good Brit British uh, musicians. Most often being queen, which I'm never ever sad about. So, in a way, the soundtrack was also a really cool thing to me. 
uh, the, the mixture of everything from classical music to rock music to yeah queen i mean i mean queen queen is rock yeah i mean queen is well queen i mean <laughs> I, I i like frame of Fran's music <laughs> I mean, there's very um, few people that don't. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, I I also knew that after I watched it, I was like, yeah, I will probably have more of appreciation for some of these jokes and stuff as I watch it or, you know, once I think about it and watch it probably again, which has been happening. more that I think about stuff, the more I laugh or the more I notice. Yeah, it's a series know, that... Book and TV series that the more you watch it, the more jokes you catch because it rapid fires jokes at you. Because you yeah. have two prolific, uh, more or less satire slash comedic writers, both just going at full piston. Yeah, but, but also just like some jokes that are supposed to, like, you know, be jokes, unless you kind of don't know the backstory. Kind of doesn't help. Like, there's a joke that uh, Michael Sheen makes to John Hamm, who plays Gabriel. And I was just like, okay, well, that was set up as a joke, but being me, I don't quite understand it. Eh, so. it it's fine. It, it's meant to be a, a broad spectrum, so everybody pulls a little bit away from it because they know yeah. that not everybody's going to be watching it, <laughs> it is going to be, you know. <laughs> Oh, I, I think with some of the weird shenanigans that was happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But, which, I mean, also kind of dives into another thing that I really liked about is the cast because, and the expansion too, like I just mentioned, John Hamm, Francis, Francis McDormand, who does the voice of God, which is interesting yeah. and one that I actually really respect with that choice. Uh and I mean, there's there's a couple other people that I that I also recognize, but their names always kind of elude me as far as how to pronounce them or some stuff. Uh, but as I mentioned, we also meet witches who also foretell the future, and even witch hunters. Which yeah, that's a thriving business in this realm. <laughs> Not, not not, like he didn't lose imagination and start saying, oh, yeah, there's also a Sergeant Bottle. <laughs> and, and a Sergeant hey, hey, don't make fun Ooh. of, uh, uh, you know, uh, Sergeant Pepper and S Sergeant Salt and Cocker Pod and all these other random things. He just, he literally just started naming things off as he looked around his apartment to get more money because well, he's only getting, well, like... Equivalent of like two or three pennies per of each one of these persons. So, yeah, they get an well, annual and salary. And so. if you think about it, he went with Sergeant Pepper probably because of the Beatles album. Um, but yeah, uh, again, as far as like, uh, also the fact that this had a lot of uh people not really happy about that this show was on. Yeah. Uh, for like, what was it? That, 
They, they had this uh, Christian group try and uh, protest it. It was demanding Netflix to take down uh, Good Omens or something like that. Even though it's Amazon that yeah. distributed it? Yeah. Yeah. Which which only just showed, like, you've not really watched it, have you? No, they just heard about it, and then probably got misinformation about it, and then they started processing a, a thing on the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, to, the, to the best of your recollection or what you can find out online or something, did the book receive any kind of thing like this? That I could look up right quick as we keep talking about stuff. Yeah. Because I I could honestly see this book getting a lot of people like that because as you talked about earlier with me that kind of stuff happens to like actually a lot of books especially dealing with fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Good Omens, the nice and accurate prophecies of Agnes Nutter. That that's the full title of the book. And Agnes, to our listeners, is the witch that foretold all the stuff that would then happen in the future. Yeah. The books can consider to be like a nine and a half out of ten, four out of five, that kind of thing. So people tend to like the book. So well, Yeah, but that, that might be, you know, the standing like as far as like nowadays or years back or something. But I mean, like. I, I, I could just see, like, when it first came out, that it probably got a, a number of flack. Could be wrong, but I am talking about people, so. Yeah. And, I mean, have, and you have actually read or listened to the book? I've listened to the book. I think we have a physical copy of the book floating somewhere around here in the... Uh, apartment somewhere but yeah I, i've listened to it several times though at work at our, at our mm-hmm. place of business so. yeah and what would you say that it, fo- it follows pretty true to it the tv show is about 95 percent accurate to um the actual physical book there's some joke differences and the biggest thing that's uh, different in the book than um, to the TV shows. The TV show had the extra budget. They decided that they're going to sh- have that whole like uh, the devil at the end, the big mm-hmm. CGI mess. It wasn't yeah. a bad CGI by any means. I've seen a lot worse, but you know they had they had the budget to do it. So they're like, you know what, we're going to blow up the rest of our special effects budget in the last five minutes of the TV show. <laughs> well. well. <laughs> That, that does, however, kind of lean into a little bit of a negative for me with the show is that the CGI is not that great throughout most of the show. Yeah. Uh, the, the biggest offense, like right off the bat, is when you see the hellhound in the forest because it's like up close and it's almost like a 3D kind of effect. And I was just like, oh, geez. Um, clearly, more of this budget went to the actors the costume the sets they spent a lot of money on costume i think not not the special effects and probably the camera because that's that that would be a big positive i think the camera work is actually pretty good in this um 
and as I later then talked with you personally, when I was watching the series, I was like, there was just a joke that I just didn't quite get. And then it came back to it towards the end, which was just involving plants. Yeah. Like, if I remember, they also put, when they did the whole maggot scene during, uh, when the maggots were coming out of the phone and all that, they put a lot of CGI effects into that. But Yeah, that one they, also. It's like they they had random quality. I think most of the part that CGI was supposed to be kind of bad at, at most points because it makes it a bit more funny. Because it's they're not trying to be fully serious in this thing. They're trying to hit whatever comedic punch they can get in. Which true, which is not bad. To, to I would say it's overall it hit its mark on what it was trying to do. Like, yeah, but I mean, you if you like kind of ask you know the production team or something like that or just the team behind this and you're like. Were you trying to have the CGI look like this, or <laughs> did you run out of budget for the CGI and that's all you could afford? They're like, "Oh no, we meant it to be like that." Um, and I, I do know that they went back to a lot of the hand-drawn, um, like, like ye old testament style, like stained glass, like hand-drawn pictures and stuff for a lot of their examples. <laughs> I see your tummy, tummy popper, but you're all the way over there. You're just float, flopping around on my bed. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Which I quite like uh, all the hand rolling stuff. I lost my train of thought completely. It, yeah, it's okay. You, you do have a bit of an excuse. <laughs> um. And I, I would probably still easily say that my favorite episode is the third episode where half of it is just watching uh, David and Michael throughout the years living amongst the humans. Heck, it, it, I started to go, wait, where's been the opening credits? And the, li- they literally play the opening credits 30 minutes into the episode. And I was just like, because we needed it now. Because if you just like turn on the TV and you're just like, what is this? You're, you're going to like sit there throughout half of the episode. But I, I just like how they in some way really kind of talked about like the hypocrisy on sometimes of the other side. Meter maids. Uh, yeah. Because like D- David walks up like when Noah is making the ark and stuff and Michael tells him that, you know, it's going to be a giant flood and this whole population will be killed except, you know, for Noah and his family. And he's like, Oh no, not the children. Yep. And then he's like, geez, I don't even do that. (laughs) Uh, I, I would maybe say though, probably one of the easy, one of the biggest laughs that I had, uh, for my own personal reasons too, was when they are there to watch uh, Jesus get nailed on the cross, <laughs> and he and he asks him, "What did he do to make everybody so mad?" He told everybody to be kind. Yeah. Oh, that'll do. It. Oh, that'll do it. Right. Uh, and I, I gotta admit, at first I was really creeped out by it, but towards the end I got used to it 
because for the longest time, the creepiest thing was David Tennant's eyes because they just stayed like the snake eyes. And I was just like, okay. I, would, I noticed that's why they had him wearing sunglasses a whole lot. Yeah. He wanted to cover it up. He's also not supposed uh, to have like, feet, I think, as well. Yeah, I watched a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff and he said that he was even wearing like snakeskin boots. Yeah. So just kind of added a little bit to it. Uh, again, there are a few times where something will happen that, of course, probably some people with like physics in their head are going to just go, what is going on and how does this work? And it's like, this is fantasy. Please don't try to put too much physics into this. Right. Like, like when, when when he goes into the phone machine. Uh, almost every time, uh, I know at least in the book, when it, it comes to uh, cars and all that kind of stuff, demons were wrapping illusions and shit around themselves. So when demons got in the cars, usually no one's driving. So the car wheels aren't actually touching the ground, and they're usually just floating. Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot of times where angels and demons just ignore Hi, physics. Hi, Popper. Uh, and clearly, the thing that I would say, probably other than maybe uh, Xenophel, whatever, uh, Crowley cares. Yeah, Crowley cares most about his car, the yeah. Bentley, which is just an awesome. You know, use of this, and that's definitely what it, his personality. That's what he would want, and he, he just keeps it in so much tip-top shape. And when it finally explodes, and he has to have his big, dramatic, sad moment, he's like, "Let me have my moment." Yep. <laughs> Even though the the world is about to end. <laughs> um. I think the kid actors are actually pretty good in it. Uh, Again, they're probably speaking somewhat stuff in language that I'm just like, okay, I'm not used to that, but also this is mostly taking place in England. So it's like, well, I kind of can't say anything really. Uh, Yeah, when it comes to watching anything that crosses uh, an ocean, more or less, it gets much more difficult to tell whether or not the acting is good or bad. As far as that, well, I'm concerned, it's good enough to get past my stupid American head, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> Let the acting be good in my books. Yeah, the act, the, like the acting, but then just like some of the stuff like the kids will say, and some of you are just like, would I say that as a kid? Oh, wait, I've, I'm, I've grown up here in America, so I kind of can't really say that. Yeah, remember, also, swears aren't on the same side of the pond are the same. Yeah. Like, Although, I, I'm pretty sure it's only dropped once, but Michael Sheen is the only one that drops the F-bomb. Yeah. So that, that was actually really surprising. Yeah, there's also not as much heavy weight, I think, on swears across the pond as well. But it is made to be more universally accepted, so they probably, to keep the rating, I think they're allowed to have the one F-bomb. Yeah. 
There's something about TV um, ratings and yada yada. You get one F um per X amount of things, and I am really dumb. It it it's just a bunch of like you know stuff that we don't really have to try to understand because I'm sure rules and stuff will change over time because yeah. then because then there's stuff like Game of Thrones or something where they just toss out the C word every episode every couple of times. Again, that's England. That yeah, that's England. They they can use that word over there without any sort of recourse. Um, but and then just to kind of come back to this, uh, another big thing that happens in this is the four horsemen are supposed to be assembled. Horse persons. With, yeah. <laughs> Which are war, famine, not not pestilence or what if I'm right on that, uh, but but pollution. And of course, the big one being death, which I recognized right away was the voice of Brian Cox. And I was like, oh, hey, cool. Uh, and, the, and they ride, ride off to try to meet the Antichrist in, of course, the badass biker way style possible. Well, uh, they're riding steel horses. Yeah, that's right, Butch. It's steel horses. We're not going to steal uh, your horses. Don't worry, Popper. <laughs> but uh, it kind of is just like, you know, there, there's what's supposed to be the the great plan or the inevitable plan or some that, that's plan. inevitable plan, which is always tossed around. And But what this kind of digs on is like there's actually – almost just as much like corruption really here, even as far as like comparing it to like actual humans, because each side is just trying to, you know, get the great war to happen because they believe that their side can easily win and end this entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that ooey gooey humans in the center that that's the great feeling. It doesn't matter. Some of them well, may yeah. die, but that's a risk I'm willing to take. Because we're looked at as the inferior and should not really care. Yeah. But And the whole part about the Antichrist would be, yeah, the judgment day would happen and I can rebuild the world as I see. And why not have it be a, a 12 or 11 year old boy to say that? Right, because they have a great understanding, <laughs> but oddly enough, what then happens is the Antichrist, aka Adam, actually decides not to do anything like that. He doesn't want you know the world to end and stuff because he does see the the good in humanity and stuff and the bad. And how- and the bad because you know it's like yeah you really have to have equal amounts uh, because in in nature humans are flawed we aren't perfect and even the and even you know the ones that believe that they are perfect either that are in working with heaven or working and live in hell they're flawed too or the, the witch finder and they work with both. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, it's just been becoming one that if I, when I watch it again, I'm kind of disliking more and more. Uh, I would say I think the romance that blooms is kind of fast. Who's romance? Uh... The, the witch and the uh, other descendant. Uh, I'm trying to think of like Newt. Yeah, Newt Pulsifer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we I do find feel- your private, and... I know her name started with an A, but I couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, A- Ad- Adria? Adria, yeah, sure, let's uh, go with that. Is- Anathema device, Agnes's Nutter's uh, last descent. Yeah. They were played by Adria Ajorn and they were Anathema. Yeah. Um, that that was the only thing that was just like, well, yeah, a- Agnes foretold that they would end up together at the end, but it was just like, yeah, I, I know this is six episodes, but that still felt a little quick to me. Uh, no, it's the same in the book as well. That's just how they... They're literally fate as foretold. We're supposed to be yeah. together. Uh, and they both just accept, I'm not going to question the, uh, the crazy 200, 300-year-old lady who predicted all this bullshit in. And when they have the chance to actually look at the second book, they just pitch it in the fire. Yeah, because then they decide that they want to write their own. Yeah. Which, yeah, is a kind of a good way to, you know, develop and then their characters and stuff. Is that, uh, the entire time they're I on mean, screen, they're basically following um, Agnes's uh, uh, prophecies one way or another. Yeah, they just have to, you know, it, interpret it the way that it's written. <laughs> like, because I, I love the Apple with the Steve Jobs thing. <laughs> just like, an apple that you can't eat. Yeah, that that one's I think added in the uh, TV show. It's one of those. Yeah. Um. To help, to help modernize it. Yeah, when you go back and watch or listen to it the second time, the prophecies make so much sense because they're a hundred percent accurate, and you know exactly what they mean in retrospect. Yeah. They're they're purposely facilitated to be like that. And I mean, this is just me saying this, but as far as like uh, him, him and her just kind of going along with the prophecy stuff, if I was him, of course I would just go along with it. I'm pretty happy with her. <laughs> that, that's kind of what how uh, Newton was looking at it too. It's like I'm, I'll just go along with this. Because uh, other than, you know, running into aliens, this is easily the highlight of my day. Uh, which was another uh, CGI fest of that. I was like, okay, that did not look good. Kinda, like they made like a green duck face on them. Yeah. Uh... Which, which, actually, which actually, the more I think about it, kind of feels like a callback to 
Crowley talking about the ducks in the pond. Well, I know in the book it's supposed to be like one of the aliens looks like a toad. They got one that looks like a trash can, and then there's, I think, a more atypical looking alien. But. <laughs> <laughs> She, she has so much opinions on good omens. I know. Hi. But yeah, it's all right. They, they talk about the the one that looks kind of like a trash can, the the robot uh, alien. It, it like falls down the uh, the ramp, and they just leave it on its side, and they just keep dragging it. <laughs> they just um... keep dragging it around with them. <laughs> And I'm happy that you brought up Toad because one thing I was just kind of, I kept questioning, I was like, is this some kind of symbolism from something, which was uh, the demons that had toads on their heads or some kind of reptiles? I was like, is there something there that I'm just not quite getting? Or if it's like something to do with like reptilians being cold-blooded or something like that. Have any thoughts on that? Honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, you got witches. They like frogs. You have, uh, biblically, biblically, frogs are everywhere. It's, fr frogs and toads are very common things in all sorts of mysticisms and religions, so. Okay. Um, that, that was just a small little thing I kept pondering. Ah, uh, I was just I like... It, I was just waiting for a toad to stick its tongue out like onto some guy's face, but that never, I don't think, happened. No. Uh, oh, I apologize. But I smelled that. <laughs> e easily, I would say, like, yeah, if you're very uh, in a way of something like that is about religion or something, I think you can get over but some can't as far as if i were to recommend the show uh, honestly as long as you walk into the show with like an open mind and a comedic like point of view and you like satire give mm -hmm. good omens a shot let good omens entertain you for a little while because having some entertainment even if it somehow is about the end of the world especially yeah. nowadays is kind of needed uh, I also could see uh, some people not as thrilled about the ending because they would say that it felt very uh, anticlimactic. From my understanding with the uh, TV show, they did sort of want to do a second season or something like that with Neil Graham. Neil Graham? Neil Gaiman? Neil Gaiman? Yeah, Neil Gaiman. Uh, more or less doing some sort of second season. I think it was thrown around a little bit, but they never really committed to it, so they left a little bit open-ended. So if they could, and they did get the uh, all the all the green lights to go and do it, they could go and do it. But they kind of like got a little bit cold feet on it when, uh, yeah, with all the protesting stuff that happened beforehand. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, if we are able to, it'll probably just be like a little bit while longer. Um, which will be interesting if that were to ever happen. Because then it's like, 
yeah, five or so, maybe six years down the road, they're like, are you ready for Good Omen season two? I'll be like, well, it's been quite a while, but I enjoyed the first one. So yeah, let's hope that the second season is good. Yeah. Like, yeah, specifically that petition for cancellation uh, on the, on the wiki here, it says an online petition that erroneously requested Netflix to cancel Good Omens and reported received more than 20,000 signatures from people objecting to the show's mm-hmm. content, unaware the show was actually on Amazon and had already been released in the full. The petition posted as part of a, a return to order campaign by the U.S. Christian organization criticizing the show's uh, irrelevant uh, teachment of topics related to Satanism and the devil and the use of a female voice for God. <laughs> Uh, the petition was uh, subsequently removed from the site, corrected, and then reposted. Uh, it is still up. You can still go and watch it. It kind of fell short. I mean, like, I, I'm not quite... I've, hell. Some people just get up in their own tizzies if you you say, The devil! They're going to be taking our uh, children! No, They're teaching no, them no you know... You know what actually was probably the biggest thing they had the issue with? What? Francis McDormand being the voice of God. Probably, because... They're, they're, they're like, God, because God's not a woman. I, I, I would be willing to bet that was probably the biggest thing that they had probably. an issue with. But it, if I recall right, it never actually says that, you know, God has no actual you know, gender here. It's an entity, energy, that kind of stuff. It it can do what it wants. It can re- warp reality. It can choose to be whatever it wants to be. Which kind of does kind of go into a question that I was kind of having, which was when, you know, is she just testing Aziraphale when she asks, where's the flaming sword I gave you? And she's just looking for him to lie or tell the truth. Because I'm like, if you can see everything, you know that what he what he did. I mean, have uh, you looked? Uh, well, I guess you haven't looked at the Bible that much. There's plenty of times in the mm-hmm. Bible where uh, God will ask a question, knowing the answer and knowing how they're going to uh, react. So it, it's all goes with that whole. Uh, well, yeah. You're, you're being watched and why? Yeah. It's one thing to know that you're going to do the, uh, to do something. It's another thing to say it out loud. And it's another thing to yeah. deny it completely, even though it's, you know, yeah. Oh, but look, they play Bicycle by Queen. <laughs> right? Bicycle! Uh... Yeah, no, I, as far as, like, understanding the so-called, the called controversies, the petitions and stuff about it, I was like, yeah, I don't quite get it. However, I can just always see and understand. I was like, yep, of course there was. They're always, anytime there's something religious, people get super polarized and super angry really quickly. Yeah. It, it, it and, just comes with the media, honestly. Like, I mean, heck, I don't mind, and it's 
taking jabs at my own religion, but it's satire. It's jokes. It's not like it's done, you know, seriously. Yeah, well, sat- satire has been a, you know, losing argument for yeah, a little while. Yeah, I mean, it, there, there's stuff going up off online, like for YouTube using stuff because it's satire, whether it's, you know, stuff in plays or anything of the medium, it's always going to be hit and not quite un- be understood a lot of times. So. But I, I know a number of people also that are, you know, grew up with the religion and stuff, and they're like, oh, this is one of the best shows I've seen in a while. So. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't necessarily talking about you, but yeah. Uh, so, I mean, as far as, like, if I were going to give this sh- so far, they did keep it open-ended, but I'm going to say that right now it's done unless something happens yeah uh, I, I i am personally gonna say i would really recommend it especially if you like this kind of humor and you like satire and also credit if you like good writing and good acting so i would say i recommend checking it out whenever you get a chance you know either on amazon or you can get the physical copy which is what i was given on Christmas last year, and I just now finally watched it. So you know my priorities. It's okay. Uh, I, I would probably, if I were to have to give this a grade, I'd give the show an A minus, just for some small things that really stick out as far as like negatives with the CGI and some other stuff like that. That's what kind of brings it down. On ye old uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 83%, with an averaging of a 7.25 out of 10. Which the average is the more appropriate. Yeah. Which, what is a 7.2 out of 10? That'd be a C or something, right? Um, yeah, that might be like a C plus. Or it could be a B minus. I don't know, as far as, like, percentage and grades. I don't know. I'm bad at math. Hmm. Uh, and, and yet you have to do some math at work, where we work. I, I just do counting. I literally count by the twos. I'm bad at math. I can't count by one. I have to do by twos. Odd numbers scare me. Uh, okay. It, but as far as like the Indiana Jones thing, it's the odd number ones that are the best in my opinion. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, what are uh, your kind of full and final thoughts on the show? I quite liked it. I found it very enjoyable, but that might just be because I have a very soft spot for Terry Pratchett. Uh, I mean, I do like uh, Neil Gaiman stuff too. I mean, he, he did do like Coraline and a couple other things that I quite liked as well. Like, I, I'm pretty sure you like Coraline as well. <laughs> so, yeah, I did, and I did not know that. Yeah. 
See, it's the stuff you find out. Uh, let's see. Southern, uh, yeah, he did the comic series, The Sandman, novels, Stardust, American Gods, Coraline in the Graveyard Book. Do, 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 do. He's done uh, won numerous awards on Hugo, Nebula, Brand Stoker Awards. Uh, apparently, the Graveyard Book is one of his better things, along with The Ocean at the End of the Line, which was also voted Book of the Year in the British National Book Awards. Uh, I guess those are two things to look at. Interesting. Uh, as far as far as looking into the books, don't know if I'll get there, but you know, you might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. My book. I get the book spor- uh, sporadically. 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 Whatever. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean, you're you've been really into the superhero stories that you've been telling me about so <laughs> yeah. would you like to would you like to plug that series here oh give me like 10 15 seconds here uh i didn't really uh have that information pulled up well i mean it's just like yeah that's what you've kind of been into for like i don't know like well, the past I- few months so? Well, it's going to be the last few months because it's like 30, like 40, 50. It, it's a lot of audiobook. Oh, God. It's like some 300, some odd, 360 hours of audiobook, which is many weeks of work. So it's felt like yeah. months. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, like I've been at work listening to for like the past month and a half, Super Powered's. Uh, Superpowered. Yeah. And uh, the standalone book, Corby's, uh, by the author Drew Hayes. Uh, which, uh, it's more or less a book about some kids who are powered, which means they have un, they, they basically have an on always superpower. And uh, the term super in universe means that somebody can control whatever power that they have. These kids trans over from basically being walking disasters to being able to control their powers in the series at the very beginning as they try and develop in their actual ability versus them trying to find their way in their own society and uncovering a massive conspiracy theory that's been going on in book for like 30 years or something like that. And the standalone book Corpies is following um, one of the powered's... Um, kids his father uh owen daniels who is the superhero in that known as titan which titan had his own kerfuffle of a um of a thing happened to him which made him put down his mantle in the first place and it shows him picking it back up in his transition from more or less him man grabbing his own life by the horns and stop dragging his feet on everything so he can you know be happy himself But that would be an entertaining book series you would recommend. Oh, hell yeah. If I'm going to also okay. like advertise book series here, and I, I would also like to take a moment to um, advertise uh, <laughs> uh, 
uh, uh, the Dresden series, uh, which is by uh, Jim Butcher. But that's that's about a, that's about a wizard in Chicago. But I won't go into the detail on that dive. But yeah, I mean, those are yeah. things you can look at if you like books. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of ha- have been thinking about and looking into a couple ideas for other podcasts to try to get out this month. Uh, so far, keep your hats on, folks, because right now, looking at on the 22nd of August, looking to be doing Batman and Robin <laughs> or <laughs> Rotten Eggs, No Mercy, because we did Batman Forever, so we kind of can't do that without doing Batman and Robin. You have to go uh, all the way down that slippery slide. That slide that's known as Schumacher. <laughs> R.I.P.D. Shoe. <laughs> um, yeah, so other than that, guys, uh, yeah, we personally both highly recommend Good Omens. Go check out some of those audio regular books that uh, George is think- uh, the superpowered, you can uh, get the books online and read an online version of them for free. They have physical uh, paperback and hardback uh, copies that you could probably order through Amazon. And there is also uh, audiobooks on Audible, which covers the entire series of superpowered. Okay. Um, I'm a marketing student yeah, now. Uh, yeah, now you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'll be probably checking out a few other uh, stuff here coming up. I am somewhat dreading, but I'm like, I have to, I feel like I need to get Batman Robin out of my system too. So it's been a while. So I'll see how that goes. Yeah. And and on my arm because I have Batman tattooed. Um, uh, And of course I, won't even bother asking because I know George's response to this, which is no, I don't want to plug anything. <laughs> hey, I, I, I got nothing I to just plug. Want, I, I just got the books to plug. That's all he wanted to plug. And, and the fact that Putch is adorable and annoying him at the same time. Oh, did you remove it? Did you take off your Superman bandana, puppy? Okay. Roger. See? Yep, there there it is, over. folks. He crawled over to me. Hi, baby puppy. Uh, uh, otherwise, uh, if you, I hope you guys have enjoyed this, found some entertainment out of your day with this. Uh, please subscribe here to the Crazy Poultry Inc. podcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter? I'm at GaioLoco89. That's right, Putch. And Ian Novak on Facebook. Uh, other than that, George, I'm happy that you were here to do this with me. Uh, hope you had some fun. Hey, I'm here anytime if I'm awake. Bye. And I am always here, and I have nothing else to do also, so we're the easiest ones to get on here. Yeah, we're the highest likely combination. So get, get, get used to us, folks. Uh, otherwise... Uh, see, see you guys next time. Hope you enjoyed it. George, have a good rest of your Sunday. Have fun with Putch, and I'll see you at work. Yep, yep.
Uh-oh, I got a dog crawling into my chair now. <laughs> <laughs> Hi! <laughs> Bye! And with that, see you guys. <laughs>